Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joe Tossi from TechTables.com, and you're listening to the Public Sector Show by TechTables. This podcast features human-centric stories from public sector CIOs, CISOs, and technology leaders across federal, state, city, county, and higher education. You'll gain valuable insights into current issues and challenges faced by top leaders through interviews, speaking engagements, live podcast tour events. We offer you a behind-the-mic look at the opportunities top leaders are seeing today. And to make sure you never miss an episode, head over to Spotify and Apple Podcasts and hit that follow button and leave a quick rating. Just tap the number of stars that you think this show deserves. Welcome to the Public Sector Show by Tech Tables. Excited to be here. Today we've got Jen Cook. What's your official title? I am the Partnership and Outreach Administrator for the Florida Digital Service. Is there like a CEO of that business unit that you've... Yeah, like a director, I would say. Director of that position. State government, there's always strange titles. For those who don't know you, across the U.S., because this is... We reach everywhere... Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got here. So I grew up in Denver, Colorado, or just outside of there, a little suburb there. Played basketball back in the day. Yeah, I know you're a big fan. Let's so go. I bring it up. When I, gra- or when I got out of high school, I ended up take- doing some time at the University of Northern Colorado and then finally finished my bachelor's degree in business administration at the University of Colorado, Colorado Springs. And when I left, I was like gung-ho. I was going to get this amazing job. And there were no jobs during that time period. I won't date myself and tell you what year it was. So I ended up sticking to the restaurant business, which is what I did my way through school and ended up becoming a a managing partner with a large restaurant chain and then eventually migrating over to state government at some point. And since then, I've managed a variety of different teams, worked for three different agencies. So Department of Revenue, uh, Department of Economic Opportunity, and then finally now I've landed here at the digital service, which I've been here for about two and a half years and have been had the privilege of working with Jamie ever since. So national thought leadership, but before that, take us back. You've got, I think it was like a moldy stained office building. How did yeah, Jamie describe it, that? It was septic. There had been a septic waste spill here. One of the bathrooms had had a problem and the carpet was shot. We had wiring all in the floor everywhere. When people asked him if he wanted to come and, and have the team reside here, it was like, you do understand what that place looks like. And as we started to build it out and, and remodel it, Amanda Peterson, who's one of our team members here, she did an amazing job designing the space and making it really modern tech. And as a part of that, there was a very large open area in the office suite where they brought in some special furniture. We've got like high top tables, bar style, cafe tables. There are some regular traditional like training spaces. We've got couches, but this space, it's really made for a large scale collaborative effort. And Jamie came to us one day. I was, I try to tell the story as I sat down, I was the last one to a manager's meeting, just not what you want to do with Jamie Grant. Cause I ended up in the seat directly across from him down the table. And I remember he came in and per Jamie, he squirreled. He was talking about something else. And all of a sudden was like, somebody figure out how to pack the collab. He's we need to bring world-class thought leadership to the state of Florida, to the digital service and figure out how to use that space. And in the meantime, I would say he stared me down as he did it. That was the indication of someone was me. And that's where I took it and I ran with it from there. So it was like you were voluntold. I tell people, Jamie and I were here. The very first thing I did with him was I worked in the emergency operations center here in the same building with the Department of um, Emergency Management and helped uh, with the vaccine initiative. So we stood up the uh, state website for vaccines and worked really heavily in that field with him. And we've been through some tough times and some emergency state is always crazy, but we've been through a lot together. And it's that kind of relationship where voluntold happens, but it's like, at the same time, I feel like I'm quarterbacking something for for our coach and ready to go do it. Yeah, I love that. And so describe the vision. So 
I can see what it looks like today, but describe yeah. like, okay, just pack it out. But yeah. you're taking the ball and, and doing all the heavy lifting. Yeah. Yeah. We started to, I always say the team got together after that. And it was like, of course, his, you know, reach for it was like, figure out how to do it and bring world-class thought leadership. And it was like, there's a lot more to it than that. And it was about identifying what was it, what were the true goals that we were trying to achieve with that. And so I would say like in state government, a lot of times when budgets get cut, the first thing they look to is to cut draining out of that. And you've got people in a tech space, especially right now, having to figure out ways to up, upskill. We've got definitely have skills gaps. Tech moves so fast that you've got team members that might be really good at something, but the technology is continuing to develop faster than they can learn. And so we wanted to make sure that we were satisfying that. So helping to bring training to team members, especially around tech. That was the original onset. We also wanted to create community of practice. So make a space where you could get people together from different agencies that normally wouldn't necessarily talk to each other or ever meet and to allow for networking and people to get together and do some like best practice sharing or be able to look to their left and their right at different agencies and be able to, when they're challenged, have someone else they can reach out to that maybe is going through the same things. And so with that, it was like, okay, how are we going to do it? We have no budget. So this is not something we were given something when the legislature, they, they said, yeah, here's a pot of cash. Go ahead and move forward with this. It was like, that'd be nice. Yeah. It was like, no, figure out how to do this and have it be completely cost-free to the participant, cost-free to the digital service to do it. And then cost-free um, to eventually who we ended up figuring out how to do it with, which was our vendor partners. So we actually reached out to the vendor community and said, hey, we have this cool space. We have this opportunity. Would you be interested in coming out and actually partnering with us to give back to the community, being the state of Florida? Okay, I, I love that. You've given, I think, a couple times a presentation view of everything that you've been able to do. I don't want to give you, the, don't give the full presentation. No, no. <laughs> but just, I was curious, like, what were the kind of the two to three highlights from that presentation that you loved sharing with the audiences? Mm -hmm. So I think the first thing is to talk a little bit about the theory of knowledge workers and about we're right now in, in state government, we are challenged. And I say we because it's everyone. It's not just HR specialists. It's not just managers. It's everybody is dealing with the highest attrition rates we've ever seen. The great resignation is looming before us. We've got a lot of baby boomers that are retiring. And you've, you end up in this situation. We've got private sector competition. And you're dealing with people that we need to keep here and we need to continue to develop. And the theory of knowledge workers came about Drucker. I, I, for those of you who don't know, I'm an operational project manager. So I really get into the whole theory of project management. And he was the father of project management. And he is the one who originally brought forth this theory of knowledge workers. And it talked about how people went from being what they call widget workers or people that do repetitive processes over and over again, data entry or assembly line type things, into this new type of modern era where everything, people go to work now and, and you don't necessarily end up with a physical type of output. A lot of it is knowledge-based. So doing exactly what you and I are sitting here doing today, thinking, collaborating, talking through things. And that's a lot of what's happening in the tech space is you need people who don't necessarily put out physical outputs, they're thinkers. And so this theory talks about how there are six things that, if you do things right in the environment, will keep knowledge workers without compensation and things like that. That's how we had to learn how to compete with the private sector. And so that was one of the main things about the CoLab was really focusing on that theory. It's really interesting. I tell people all the time, go out and look it up. It's not anything new. It's just something that people don't talk about a lot. And I think it is really something that would help as far as the the retention and the keeping people within state government. We're dealing with a lot of different obstacles and trying to keep good key talent. 
So that's the first thing. The other thing is obviously the stats that have come out of this. When we started doing this, I thought this was going to be like a, we hold an event a month or maybe two. It would trickle down. We'd have the hype and it'd go away. Didn't go away. It's still here. In fact, the job that I'm in and the team that I currently have that does nothing but the collab did not exist at this time last year. And so we've ended up at this point, probably because the last time I updated stats was about 25 days ago. We should have exceeded 2,000 attendees at this point. We've provided over 900 hours of continuing education credits for our project managers. So for those folks that have to actually continue to keep up with continuing education in order to keep their certificates, we've provided that to our state employees for free. So those are things they normally have to pay money for in order to keep that certification. Just a, a lot of things, a lot of uh, participating vendor partners. We've had repeats. We've had sold out events. We've got one coming up uh, here next week with uh, Microsoft. They're coming out to talk about ChatGPT. And that one we sold out in five days. Nice. How many people can, it, how many people can you pack in? <clears throat> Comfortably, we can do 50. And that's with folks bringing computers and things like that. We have done it before where we've had 75 to 80 in the room. That is with a little bit of standing room. But comfortably, we have enough seats to do 60. That's great. You can keep, you just keep packing it in. We do. I don't know if Jamie told you I have a tendency to rearrange the furniture quite frequently, <laughs> in fact. So that's the beauty of the room, too, is the space has been built with modular furniture. So we have the ability to change the space into whatever we need it to be as well. Let's talk about the idea for we're here in the podcast annex slash expansion slash whatever we're gonna whatever we're gonna <laughs> whatever we're gonna name it whatever you guys are gonna name it so how did this idea come about and uh walk us through do you have the collab and now this is relatively new yeah so I, we haven't even really had a chance yet to move forward with i think one of the ideas that we have with utilizing this space and first of all jamie's brain again one, once again thinking about how do we deliver storytelling and messages and provide opportunities for even further in different mechanisms. We live in a different world now. I always like to kid around and say my husband is about as old school as they come. He doesn't do social media, doesn't do any of those things. And he came back to me a couple of years ago and was like, I'm doing this podcast thing with the, you know, I was like, what are you talking about? But the social media and these different areas, podcasting and things like that are, are new ways to reach a whole nother audience. And you'd be surprised at the people that listen to those things or how we can reach others. And so I think eventually what we would like to do now that we have this cool space that Jamie came up with the idea around it. We've got some folks that have helped contribute to building it. Tiffany designed all of the wall stuff that people are probably seeing in Can the background. Can we get a dun dun dun? No, no, right? Oh, there you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was actually one of the first things she did when she was hired here a few months ago. But I think what we end up, we're going to want to end up doing is actually allowing or offering for some of our vendor partners that do come uh, to the collab and, and do actual knowledge-based training to then have an opportunity to come in here for 20, 30 minutes and, and do some sort of a fireside chat with us. And you could open forum, you can collect questions ahead of time if we want to from agencies or from people that participate in the events and maybe have something that's recorded that then we can also share on social media and things like that. So to expand what we've already grown and developed. So I think what FLDS has done is just, and all the work you've put in is just so brilliant from the directive of national thought leadership and you build a collab, you, you partner, it's selling out. So you're bringing as many people you can in, so 50 to 75, 80, depending if you want to stand mm -hmm. or not. And then, so that's one avenue. The other avenue is the podcast room that we're in right now. And so deliver storytelling. And I think it 
the reason why I think it's so genius, and I, because I am a podcaster, of course, <laughs> is it helps with recruiting so much. It's so underrated. Why every agency doesn't have something like this? Now I'm, I know I'm going to have. We've got some state CIOs who are like, should I start a podcast? Is that worth it? Should I have this one? <laughs> the answer is yes. <laughs> yeah, the answer is yes because the brand awareness and being able to recruit talent to you, you can do that in at scale. Like you can't do that packing out. You could do a little bit of it to get them into the lab, but just from a broad awareness and understanding, like what I love about Jamie saying, hey, I want everyone from my from the team to come on. And you and can you highlight them? Is that it now gives the vision of oh, like I didn't know that Florida had a collab. They might not know. People in Florida know, but people across the U.S. might not know. And then they'll say, oh, we can do this, and we can iterate on what they're yeah. doing. And then you might go a couple of years from now. Oh, hey, Colorado or Arizona. This is cool. This is awesome. You did this, and now everyone's collaborating, and the community is just getting. Yeah, we've talked a little bit. Jamie's got a very good relationship with his counterpart in Texas. And so we actually, when we first started doing this, they were the first ones to call and say, hey, we do something like this, but different. Would, would you like to talk to us? And so I've actually met with them and we've chit-chatted a little bit and shared the way that they do it is different and the way we do it is different. And hopefully one day we, we've even talked about them coming out and visiting so they can see that what the space is like and everything and all of that. But yeah, it's it's definitely, I think, worth the time and the effort to put into it and to put somebody that is really good at it on it and to make it happen. It's You're providing value for nothing, basically. And you get these people on board. We did the, the marketing that we did from the beginning was all grassroots. We started with a distribution list of about 50 people. We now have a list of over 750 people that receive our newsletter every month. And we do a campaign called Save the Date, Share the Knowledge. So you tell people if you're interested in the event, you save the date for yourself, put it on your calendar. If not, or if you find somebody else that you think might be interested, pay it forward. And that's a lot of how we've ended up mass marketing all of this stuff. Yeah, I think, and just to go a little bit deeper, I think that the two avenues, there's, I'd almost call this like external a little bit. I come in, I'm interviewing, but I think mm -hmm. there's so much value in having more of the team members tell their stories. Yeah. And then you just have a, I don't know if it's like a portal, but it's like such a great get to know Tiffany, who, if I interviewed, you would know that like she worked at GameStop and on every break, she's hopping on TikTok, looking at funny videos. <laughs> and she's like, wait, what this is on the podcast? That's how you start to build relationship with mm -hmm. people. Um, it's just figuring out what do they actually care about and which I think is, is super valuable. So I love what you're doing here. I think the whole idea around this is to talk about that. I think if you put your mind to anything, it's possible. I, like I said, I never thought that this would be something I, I, I created and then stuck with. And then I found out that it makes me happy every day to come out and do it. And it's rewarding. It's, it's really nice when we have an event that uh, people really, I think, enjoy and you can see it on their faces. We've done a few things. We did a women in tech forum, which was really neat. And just to feel the bonding in the room and to watch people stick around afterwards to meet and get to know new people that they've never met before. It feels pretty nice. It feels pretty good. And it's, just, it's been an amazing ride. That's all I have to say in the last, what, 14 months? Yeah, I, I love this. And also, you've got a very slick dashboard for <laughs> managing. You've got all the automations. You've got the, the whole setup. I was even thinking, because when I throw events, I was like, oh, I I need to get me a slick dashboard and all this. This is this, is this operations inspiring. I like it. Talk about what's the next 14 months look like 
the next so, 18 months look like? Yeah, I, I, you know, this thing has become or taken on a life of its own. It's not going anywhere with Jamie's departure. I will tell people that. Nah, he got his own room. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> right. Like, but yes, I, I, it's not going anywhere. Um, I think if anything, there are some things on the horizon for it. Um, hopefully, if I can make it happen. But we've talked about, you know, expanding. So Tallahassee is not a centrally located capital. We've tossed around ideas about quarterly taking it somewhere else. So those that's not out of my depth trying to figure out how I'm going to do it. I just don't know when it'll be. The cool thing for me was, and I'll tell you this, we talked a little bit when we were planning all this. I was out in Dallas and Oklahoma City a couple weeks ago for the Women's College World Series and got to watch Florida State play on the grand stage, which was really incredible. I have a daughter who plays softball, so it was pretty neat. But the, I think the neatest thing for me at this point was after I, I created the collab um, with the help of some of the other team members around that necessarily wasn't their job. They just tossed in and helped out. It's really cool now that I have a team. And one of the team members that I have on the team, Luann Warner, who comes from uh, in a past life event planning. She's also a marketing guru. We call her a master wordsmith. Like she edits a lot of our things and is really good about marketing different things. She was helping out in the beginning and she, I, she actually had the opportunity to actually come on as my collab coordinator. And between her and Tiffany, who we've talked about today, who was a new hire a few months ago that we brought in to help uh, specifically from the customer service background because of that, uh, they were able to, the, during the 12 days that I was gone, actually run the lab by themselves. And it felt really good to know that I had create, not only created something, but then passed forward and coached and developed team members that were capable of moving it forward. So it makes me have a lot of confidence that you talked about Jamie leaving eventually. One day, probably I'll leave. We'll see. I don't, I'm, I'm too young in my career to say I won't go. But it, it's nice to know that I think there's definitely people here to carry the torch forward so that this is not something that fizzles out and dies. Yeah, I love that. Building a team within a team multiplying. I, I love that. That's something, like I said, the idea, and I've talked about this in some of my keynotes, is we would do a two-day event. It'd be four events total, and we would try to do something, of course, bring our vendor partners in on this and try to do something where we would do four different topic areas. That's one of the things I didn't bring up is the collab is not just about tech. So we do things on cybersecurity and data and analytics and things like that. We also do project management, leadership, soft skills. We've done a, quite a number of soft skills types things where we bring people in and teach them how to do things like Adobe and things like that. So it's not just for those things. And so we would do something where we would diversify, maybe do a couple tech topics and then maybe do some leadership and project management or something like that. So there's definitely an appetite for it. It's just figuring out the logistics of that and getting through the next to what week because it's almost the end of the fiscal year. <laughs> what are like one to two maybe like stories or kind of highlights from the last 18 months that like really pop for you that you're like, I would love to share this story? I think I know you interviewed Keith earlier today. I think the Hurricane Ian response was something and I got to come. I was here when we were activated, we had no parking in the parking lot and that kind of thing to see the team come together for that and to do Starlink deployment and the Florida missing and safe and to know what an impact the team was making on helping to get those people's lives back to normal and helping to make sure people were safe and aiding all of our um, sister agencies and the different organizations that were trying to make sure that during that catastrophic event that things were moving forward and, and we were able to make sure people were accounted for, that felt really great. And to see even the people that were not directly involved in the actual response, but those around us um, on the team that had to continue to carry the rest of our duties forward and how everyone was able to work together was really incredible. So that would be one I would call out. 
That's great. It's like we've got some folks from the audience that are just walking in right now. That's right. They're not on camera. They're smiling, though. We should ask them, do you have any questions for Jen about the collab? <laughs> Anything you'd love, you're dying to ask her? Be nice, Warren. <laughs> so, I mean, is it specific to any kind of technology or, or any kind of discipline or, I mean, is it just... just no, I just went into that, actually, before you walked in. We started off with the bread and butter. Let's talk about things that are sexy and cybersecurity, cloud, that kind of thing. And that was originally the first few vendors that we actually had participate were AWS and Google. And they came in and they did actually multiple months of events. And then what we started to see is we actually, when we have these events, we have an after event survey that we send out to the participants. And what we started to see in that was not only the reports back of their reviews on the presentations and everything, but we also leave an opportunity for them to pursue, ask for specific topics that they'd like to see. And what we started to see was they were there was definitely an appetite for things other than just tech. And we started thinking about how can we make sure that we service not just the tech community within state agencies, but also some of the support functions. And one of the first things we did that was not tech related was we actually had our friends at Presidio here and they taught training on how to better write scope of work and to do procurements. And it was the first event we ever sold out. And it was incredible. It was, we had no idea we could do that. And it was, I remember just incredible to go, oh my gosh, it's not cyber, it's not a cybersecurity event that sold out. We just got procurement specialists, contract managers, project managers in here, and they were eager and hungry to come in and learn something new. Definitely sounds very important for a lot of companies. <laughs> what do you got, Warren? Can you sell in the collab? No, so I didn't bring that up. Yes. No, I did not actually. Good call. So we, we actually make jokes about this all the time. Jamie will randomly walk down the hall and be talking to somebody about something completely different. And he'll look at you and go, what's the number one rule of the collab? So the number one rule in the collab, like Fight Club, as we always like to get around and say, is actually there's no sales. We are partnering with our vendor community on this and it's a give back for them, but they're not getting anything in return. They're not there to demo sales or to demo products in a sales way. We actually preview all of their content to help ensure that and to make sure that, that it, they're coming at it from a solutions or a knowledge capability rather than sales. What else, Warren? All right, last question. Okay. So do you guys like ever sell out? Yeah, uh, so uh, to date, including ChatGPT, which I mentioned earlier, which is next week, we have sold out 10 events over the last 14 months, which is pretty cool. We talked about the capacity and everything for that. We actually have people right now on a waiting list to try to get into ChatGPT. Okay, so if you're if you're listening and they want to, you're probably a vendor and you want to come to the collab. Yeah. You have a wait list. What's that look like? What's the process? How yes, you- we've developed a process to allow our vendor partners. You can email collab at digital.fl.gov, and that'll go into our. We have a, a shared inbox that we use, and from there we will get you scheduled. We do a like kind of an intro meeting. It's about thirty minutes. Um, provide you with a patient form that kind of gives you some details around, you know the number one rule of the collab and some other things about how we handle stuff. And then from there, we'll look at scheduling out. We are currently depending on topic area because we do duplicating efforts. So if we have a cybersecurity event scheduled in August, we don't schedule another one. So that way we can really fill up the audience and make sure we're not over crossing over. But so right now, of course, dependent on topic, we are looking at scheduling in September and October. September and October. I love it. What are the... If you're a vendor that's listening, you're like, okay, what's a topic that you're, or a few topics that you're like, we would love to showcase this at the collab. So anything project management related is always welcome. We've got a lot of folks that have recently asked for things like on how to write better requirements, how to write better scope of work, 
We've got other people that want to know when we do, we talk about cybersecurity, they want to get more down into the details. So we've done a lot of high level events around the tech space, uh, whether it be cloud data analytics, data interoperability, it's now time to get into the weeds. And if you've got something you want to talk about solutions-based, not sales, that's in the, in the depths of those, that's where we're at with that. Leadership is always one that we have different needs for. It just depends. We've had some folks come out and talk about servant leadership. Keith Pruitt, who you had on earlier, he and I actually teach a couple of different ones. We're getting ready to teach emotional intelligence, which is pretty cool. It's neat to get him and I together because he's got that military background. So he, we take presentations that have been created in the military space, and I actually convert them into project management or management, and then we teach them together. It's a good time. Oh, that sounds a lot of fun. <laughs> Do you record any of these? So we, we recently finally got some upgrades in the CoLab to have better microphones and speaker systems in there. And so we have not tried it yet. That is something, it's part of one of the iterations. When we started doing this, I had to start with the infantile stage and we've blown out since then. So it is something that is on the list of things to try. Have you thought about repackaging all that to like a YouTube channel or anything? Not yet. Oh, <laughs> Look at these ideas that are coming up. I know. The one thing I do want to add is we don't do virtual events. So all of our events are in person. That's to strive for that, what we talked about earlier, the community of practice and getting people together. A lot of these events are interactive. So there's activities that people do to keep them, keep people engaged. And you really have to be in the space to be able to do it. Yeah, I love that. When I throw my own live events, I, I lo the question I always get all the time is like, is this streaming? I'm like, no, it's not streaming. We're at an Airbnb. I'm not streaming. No, you got to be at the podcast tour. You got to be yeah. in the Airbnb. Yep. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Anything else before we wrap up? I think that's it. I'm super excited that we finally got to do this and it was a pleasure being on your show. I know. We got to talk more. We got to talk more hoops and college world series and <laughs> Tiffany, you have anything else? There it is. <laughs> hey, what's up everybody? This is Joe Tossi from techtables.com and you're listening to the public sector show by Tech Tables. This podcast features human-centric stories from public sector CIOs, CISOs, and technology leaders across federal, state, city, county, and higher education. You'll gain valuable insights into current issues and challenges faced by top leaders. Through interviews, speaking engagements, live podcast tour events, we offer you a behind-the-mic look at the opportunities top leaders are seeing today. And to make sure you never miss an episode, head over to Spotify and Apple Podcasts and hit that follow button and leave a quick rating. Just tap the number of stars that you think this show deserves.